the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon. We survived 11 days together in an RV in Alaska. Six airline flights. And you're here with me today. I am. There's absolutely something wrong with you. Why? Why would you want to spend this much time with me? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. You know, That's because that I, I pay for it. things for you. True. True this. True, true, true. Yes. You pay for a lot. I do. Daily. Hourly. You still owe money from the trip for parking. I don't owe you anything from the trip. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Anyway, welcome to Woods and Water, South Carolina. My name is Roger Metz. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. My daughter Taylor's here with me. Hello. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Alaska today. Got some other things to talk about. But yeah, we just spent an incredible, I guess, 10 days in Alaska, 11 days total. Mm-hmm. Um, just, wow. Just wow. <laughs> favorite favorite thing from the trip. We'll Denali, get this out. Denali. Without a doubt. Denali, yeah. I have been to Alaska twice and I have seen Mount McKinley. Both times. Not just like a part of it. I have seen the whole mountain twice now. And that's, you know, less than 30% of the people that go into Denali National Park see the mountain. And you could see it for the moment we got in the went the first opportunity on the bus. Because we take a uh, an eight-hour transit bus ride in Allison Visitor Center, which is 66 miles into the park. And uh, from the first viewpoint that you could ever see Denali, it was there. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Crystal clear. You could see the snow, everything. All right. So what did we see? We saw brown bears, mm-hmm, multiple, multiple brown bears. <laughs> multiple, some big ones, too. Some big ones, too. Really close. Um, caribou. A bunch of caribou. Did dog see, sheep. Did we, we didn't see any moose, did we? We saw one moose. Yeah, we saw one moose. One moose. Just for a, a fleeting moment. That was, was that the one I caught? Well, there was a caribou um, and a moose, and they were kind of going oh, off the ground. Yeah. Wait, then two, because uh, there was the one I caught. That was down in the um, river valley. Okay. Y'all didn't get to see it because we went past the streets. Okay. All right. Okay. The only out of the big five, which are in a, in and out of their big the big five sightings, what you want to see is is bears, wolves. Well, well, the wolves was what we didn't see. Well, yeah, we didn't bears, see sheep, wolves, caribou. Oh, doll sheep. Yeah. And wolves. Those are the big five. Yeah. And we saw. And we were we were we were literally five minutes away from the wolves. Well, what happens is is the transit tours leave like every half an hour from the visitor center, and there's also green buses, which are the narrated tour buses. Uh, they leave from the the visitor center and go to different points inside the park. And when one of them sights something, they stop, and you can see the buses ahead of you. And actually, we were coming into oh, what was the river? Oh, is the river yeah. be- before Monochrome Pass? Yeah. Anyway, okay. we were coming in. To, we were going into the park and hadn't gotten the river yet, and the wolves were on the other side of the river, and we had a 15-minute uh, 
break, bathroom break there at one of the places in the park. And the wolves were on the other side of the river. And there were three other buses that got to see. And we were literally that close to seeing the wolves, too. And they, they had told us, they said, now we had a wolf pack move in through here a couple of days ago. And they've been hanging around. And so, so keep your eyes peeled. Yep. And, yeah. <laughs> and they were, they were there. You just couldn't see them. Mm-hmm. They were there. Yep. Uh, so we, we, we missed a ton. I could tell you that right now. It was so there were pit, there were parts that were thick and you just oh, couldn't yeah. see, but you know you missed a ton. And you're sitting there looking your glass and all, and you're and you're not seeing anything. And you're in the back of your head is like, what is out there looking back at me? <laughs> like, hello, hello. Up here. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but I have to say, we had a great time. I've had a great time in Alaska with both my daughters. But people, none of this happened without my wife. You know, she has stayed now. Well, I guess the first time when I took Taylor, she had, I mean, when I took Jordan, she had you mm-hmm. to keep her company. This past time, all she had was was our lab. Uh, but nothing, none of this stuff happens without her. I mean, thank you, Debbie, for letting me have these experiences with my girls. Uh, next time it's yours. Next time I'm going, I go to Alaska, we're going to go together and, and not going to make you stay in an RV. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a rental car and we're gonna stay at some nice lodges and if I want to go out fishing or whatever, I'm gonna set you up, you know, at the spa or something like that. But yeah, it's, um, but yeah, no, folks, if you really want to know how I, how I do all this stuff, it's, it's because of my wife. And that's, that's just a simple answer to it all. So thanks, sweetie. I appreciate you. Appreciate you putting up with me and, uh, and letting me go off and, and do all the stuff that I get to do. You know, I think she was glad you were gone. I think she was sad I was gone. <laughs> Isn't that right, Mama? I, yeah, because she told me she missed me, not us. Me. She missed you for all the drama and details. <laughs> what? That's what her life was flat without you because you're so such a drama queen. I've accepted that by now. So. Well, it's fine that you do. <laughs> Just need to realize it. So anyway, all right, well, we're going to talk about Alaska a little bit. I've got some other things to talk about. I do have a calendar of events for uh, for those of you out there that are looking for something to do. You know, it, we'll get to that later on because because the big calendar of events starts next Saturday, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But, uh, okay, first off, the, the South Carolina Apple Festival is coming up. Uh, they've got a golf game on Tuesday the 4th. Wednesday, September the 5th, is the Chattooga River Float. It's from Wild Wildwater Limited, Long Creek. For details and reservations, call them. The cost is twenty bucks. That's a really cool one. Thursday, the apple baking contest. We've got live entertainment going on. Um, let's see what else we got. Arts and crafts, quilt show, apple festival parade. They got an IPRA rodeo happening on Friday the seventh, and it just goes on for there. So you can get more information. It's the fifty seventh annual South Carolina Apple Festival, and um, I think it's happening. Just man, when I have to rush and do this stuff, I don't get it right. I'm not sure where it's happening. I'll Google it right quick. Hang on just a second. I'll tell you where it's happening. South Carolina Apple Festival, and it's happening. Hang on just a second. I'll tell you. We're a little out of sorts today. Yeah, I'm a little out of <laughs> sync. I mean, I don't know what's worse coming back here to the heat and humidity because it's. Um, it was like a high, like. It's 65. Oconee County. There you go. It's up in Oconee. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, the, the the heat and humidity are, is one thing, and uh, the uh, the time is the other thing. Um, 
It's, uh, yeah. Oh, gosh. The, the time. It's four hours time difference. That's, that's the other thing. Okay. So, Okana County, get up there. Uh, South Carolina Apple Festival. The fourth annual Ride the Tide Festival happening near Polly's Island. Uh, join us for the fourth annual Ride the Tide event. We had so much fun last year. We can't wait to start the fun again this year. Uh, it's going to benefit the Low Country Food Bank. Uh, on Saturday, September the 8th, please join together with family, friends, and your community for the 2018 Ride the Tide event, a fun-filled hour, four-mile float down the Waccamaw River. You begin at Litchfield Plantation Marina and end at Hagley Landing on Hagley Drive in Polly's Island, South Carolina. Registration begins at 9, water blast off 11 to 12. Float with any non-motorized vehicle such as a tube, kayak, canoe. Rent one for us or make your own float. It's open to any non-motorized flotation device. Bring your kayaks, inner tubes, canoes, or get creative and build your own raft. All participants will be required to wear a life jacket for the event. And then afterwards, they're going to have an after party at the Polly's Island Raw Bar. Live entertainment starts at three o'clock. And they got some, they got some volunteer opportunities there too. So, uh, anyway, the other, the, uh, Low Country fourth annual Ride the Tide Festival is coming up. Then you got the Georgetown Coastal Eight Adventures presents on Saturday the 8th. 7.30 a.m., it's the Lands End Yacht Club. So this, wait a minute. Fishing for Dreams. I'm really out of sorts today. Y'all have to excuse me. <laughs> and I thought I got a pretty good, well, started, I got to sleep at 3 o'clock this morning. Fishing for Dreams, the Outdoor Dream Foundation Inshore Slam Tournament, Saturday, September 8th, 7.30 a.m., down at the Georgetown Yacht Club, Lands End Yacht Club. So that's a good, the Outdoor Dream, or Fishing for Dreams Outdoor Dream Foundation is a great one to, uh, I'll get a little more in that one. But anyway, let's go to break. I'm going to take a deep breath here, slap myself in the face, and, uh, and get it right coming back. Be with you on the other side of the break. Woods and Water, South Carolina. I I bet you don't know who sings this song. Me? Yeah, you. I don't know. That's because you listen to that country music. You do too. Gosh, I had to listen to that stuff. I figured it out though. There are seven country music songs. On the, on the one, the one. There are seven country music songs. Yeah. And they play them over in varying order. What is it? What is it? I, I don't even want to get into it. You like the old country music. Yeah, that has more than like six words. Gosh. Just don't appreciate country music in general. No, not really. <laughs> I gave in and had to listen. I listened to country music like half the and, time. And, and let me tell you. Half the time I listened to country he, music in Alaska. He sang along with me. And then after a while it started to get stuck in his head and he was walking around the RV singing it. So you like it. You well, just, I don't. It's just ingrained. Yes, you, it's like no. you can't get rid of it. Okay, whatever. The next week, I'm going to purge myself for whatever country music I listen to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get back to this. <laughs> Fish, Fishing for Dreams, the Outdoor Dream Foundation, having an inshore slam tournament presented by Coast, Georgetown Coastal Adventures, Saturday, September the 8th, 7.30 a.m. Uh, you know, fishing begins at 7.30 Weigh in. They're gonna have a celebration dinner afterwards, and then an auction at Lands End Yacht Club. Uh, you can get more from. I was looking for the payouts here. Of 
Grand Slam, first prize, $500, second, $300. So there's a lot of payouts here. It's a uh, the Outdoor Dream Foundation, in case you don't, is 100% volunteer uh, drawn 501c3 based in Anderson, South Carolina, with the purpose of granting world-class hunting and fishing adventures to children who have been diagnosed with terminal or life-threatening illnesses. So it's a great organization to get behind, and you can do sponsorships. Uh, of course, being 501c3, they're tax-deductible. So anyway, if you're interested in that, that's September the 8th. Fishing rodeos. We still have one fishing rodeo happening September the 22nd at the Sherall Fish Hatchery. Uh, it is not full. So if you want to take a kid to a fishing rodeo and you're in the Sherall area, Chesterfield County, uh, you can do that. You can find out more at Aquatic Ed on the DNR website. And we still have a few family fishing clinics coming up. September the 8th, Santee State Park, uh, Lake Rayburn, Lake Raven on September the 9th. Sun City Grand Parents Park, September 15th. Lexington Wildlife Center, or Lexington Wildlife Chapter, on September the 15th. Table Rock, September 22nd. And then again on Lake Raven on September 22nd. If you're not familiar with the uh, Family Fishing Clinics, uh, hit the DNR website, go to Aquatic Ed, and learn more about the Family Fishing Clinics. And um, if you have any questions, Sarah Shabane at DNR will be more than happy to talk to you about them. Saturday, September 15th is an event, one of those give-back events. It's uh, the Beach Sweep River Sweep uh, partnership between the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources and the Sea Grant Consortium here in South Carolina. Uh, let's see, 9 a.m. to noon. It's an annual event since 1988, and um, it's part of an the Ocean Conservancy's International Coastal Cleanup, which involves several hundred thousand volunteers in over 75 nations. So, again, you can find a lot more at the DNR website, but I'm going to tell you where you can go or where some of the cleanup sites are going to be. Uh, Lake Marion, Broad River, Lynch's River, Highway 52 Bridge, Reedy River, Lake Watery, the Catawba River, Saluda River, Saluda River at Saluda Shoals Park, Joe Cassie, Lake Pinnacle, Carries Lake, Broad River, uh, Sesquicentennial State Park, Fairforce Creek, and Park Hills neighborhood. Those are a few of the inland sweep cleanups, and there is a whole list of the coastal cleanup sites. And each one of these, if you go to the website, it'll give you county, location, the name of the of the site cleanup captain, the organization that's sponsoring it, a telephone number, an email address, and all of these. Uh, the inlands are all happening on nine fifteen. It's an opportunity, hey, look, for three hours, 9 to noon, to go clean up trash along our waterways. And I, I've had them on the show before talking about it, and um, I, I would I would like for you to get involved. This is one of those, yeah, I mean, they collect a lot of stuff, tires, trash, plastic bottles. You'd be amazed at stuff that ends up in the waterways. And it's an opportunity for you to get back to the environment, to our habitat here in South Carolina, to the fish that live in those rivers, to the water quality that all of us depend on and uh, the water we like to float paddle and fish in the only white knuckle event in alaska let's just see i gotta backtrack okay so saturday oh gosh must have been tuesday mm-hmm. yep it was tuesday where were we oh well, it was wednesday wednesday we're getting our days confused now dad because we stayed in delta junction yeah. On the Delta Clearwater River Tuesday night. Yep. Got up Wednesday and drove from there. We were going to go to the Matanuska Glacier, but it was raining. That's right. And okay. we came all the way back into Anchorage. Yeah. So Wednesday morning, we're, uh, 
we just passed the Alaska pipeline. I mean, you, you, you actually cross it. We were on the Richardson Highway. Now, this is going from Fairbanks, Alaska, all the way to Valdez. And so that's the route. Valdez is the port terminal in Alaska. And so the, the pipeline runs from the North Slope down through Fairbanks and kind of parallels the Richardson all the way to Valdez. So we just stopped and taken a picture of the bunny rabbits, the oh, Arctic hares. Okay. If y'all think we have a lot of rabbits up here. We don't have rabbits here. Well, we have, yeah, we have bunnies. You know, they're good to eat. But anyway. There are a few of them around. Yeah, but. There was a stretch of probably 15 miles. There were there were rabbits were everywhere. everywhere. Like on each side of the road. And they would just sit there and watch you. <laughs> so anyway. Wait, wait, wait. It's not rabbits. It's Arctic, Arctic hares. hares. Yes, I we already got, said that. The, our bus driver got mad at us for saying rabbits. rabbits. <laughs> and they're also not groundhog. Well, no. Okay, the Arctic hares, those are, the groundhogs were not groundhogs. They're, they're Arctic, Arctic ground squirrels. Ground squirrels, that's it. I yes. don't understand Alaskans, but it's okay. Well, it's, it's a cousin thing to everything we have down here. So anyway, they we're in the stretch of road where there are rabbits everywhere, okay? And if I was a <laughs> fox in Alaska, I know where I would want to live. <laughs> <laughs> and we came, we just passed the Alaska pipeline, and we came around a curve in the road, and I looked on the right-hand side of the road, and I was like, moose. And there, there's a moose, a cow moose, standing on the side of the road, and she's just like a whitetail. And if any of you have driven down the roads here in South Carolina or anywhere in the south and you passed a whitetail deer on the side of the road, it's like, don't jump into the roadway. And I'm looking at this moose going, don't jump in the roadway. I made this break. <laughs> don't pull wanna... a whitetail. <laughs> yeah, don't pull a whitetail on us because it's not going to be pretty. I got stopped about the time we got even with her. And she just kind of looked at us and turned around and walked back into the brush. But that was the only white knuckle moment of the whole trip, I think. I don't like the frost heaves. <laughs> I love frost. Taylor heaves. loves frost. Heaves. If y'all know what frost heaves are, when it tell wait okay, how did you explain it, Dad? When it frosts in the in the winter time, when the water moisture settles into the ground and it it permeates the uh, asphalt, you get little fr- freeze underneath the asphalt, so it pushes the asphalt up and things freeze expands. And it's like a roller coaster. It's it is so much fun. It's not oh fun to drive God. on. I can promise you. An RV and it's swaying and bouncing and going all and she's sitting there going woo 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 and I'm sitting there going I have a wreck. I know. It was I'm fun. not driving, so it's you're not fun. driving. It's fun. <laughs> oh man, uh, if you are a photographer, and I I, I was proud of it. I took like three thousand pictures, which is down about fifteen hundred, fifteen hundred from the last time. Three thousand. Well, nine hundred of them. We're taking of Arctic grayling on the about the Clearwater River. <laughs> the ones you couldn't. We'll get catch. into that. Don't say that. <laughs> I, I could have caught four. I just lost four. Uh, if you're into photography, the South Carolina Wildlife Foundation (SCWF) has a photography contest every year, and it's open right now. This is the 16th annual wildlife photography contest. It actually opened August 15th. It's open through October the 31st. Uh, amateur photographers, you got you got four categories here. Well, three. So they're taking down three. Carolina critters. That's right. There used to be four because it used to be kids in nature or something like that. So it's down to three now. Carolina critters. Did you catch that bird sifting through the upstate snow to find its meal on film? How about the shy deer venturing out in the PD field to graze? A turkey or the great blue heron wading through the swamps of low country? That's one category. Scenes of South Carolina. A gorgeous South Carolina sunrise on the ocean or sunsets in the mountains. Early morning dew in an open field. Placement of rocks in one of South Carolina's many rivers. These scenes and many others found in the beauty of South Carolina landscapes are another category. 
backyard habitat. Some of the most beautiful and unique wildlife in South Carolina can be found in your own backyard. Now's your chance to show off the hard work you've put into turning your backyard into a haven for wildlife, which is the 4-H you know, youth food plot program that we talked about here. Oh, uh, let's see. So, yeah, you can put the work into your own backyard, provide food, water, cover, and places to raise young. And we want to see your creations. The entry requirements, no more than three photo- photographs can be entered in each category per person. Submit color, black and white prints. We prefer digital, digital images, JPEG, GIFs, and PNG files, at least 72 pixels per inch, which will result in approximately 250 kilobyte size in JPEG formats. Digital alterations. All photographs should accurately reflect the subject matter and the scene as it has appeared, and they have a way they can tell standard. If you alter it beyond standard optimization, they will disqualify you. Entry fee is $15. It's a one-time entry fee for up to three photographs or nine photographs total. Uh, first place price. The cool thing about it is, is you see these all over Department of Natural Resources, that Department of Natural Resources website, uh, Facebook, Instagram. It, it shows up throughout the year and they'll post it as, Hey, this is one of the entries into the SEWF, uh, photography contest. And, uh, and it was a great picture. It didn't win, but we wanted to put it out here. So you see your pictures scattered all over the place. I've got, uh, I need to do some of these. It's just a matter of, of finding ones that I really want to put in. That will be hard. That would be difficult. <laughs> that would be difficult. So anyway, that's kind of, that, that's kind of your calendar of events for this week. Uh, it's, it's by no means a complete thing. It's just something to give you an idea. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Upper South Carolina State Fair is coming. August 30th through September 9th. Tons of stuff there. And you also have the South Greenville Fair, uh, September 14th, 15th to, you know, kind of the get back in touch with nature with the rabbit show, the dairy show, the beef show, tractor parades. You know, the Upper South Carolina State Fair is a huge thing. I couldn't let the go without mentioning them. So, um, find something to go do. Boy, there's no lack of things to do in Alaska. We're going to get into that (laughs) in the next segment of the show. So hang on through the break. Back with Taylor and I and more Woods and Water, South Carolina. Back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. As promised, we're going to spend a little time on uh, on Alaska. You know, at one point on this show, over some time over the last two or three years, I had thought about doing something called a destinations uh, segment, maybe once a quarter or something, where if I've been somewhere or, or somebody I know has been somewhere that's that's outdoor related, that you can do a lot of things outside. That it be highlighted. So I don't know. I'm not going to call it destinations. I don't know. Outside South Carolina. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Got a better name? No, not really. Okay. We'll come with a better name, but I'm going to start <laughs> doing that because I do know some other people who have been to some really neat places that, <clears throat> that a lot of people, and I know when I opened up the phone lines back a couple of weeks ago, had people calling in talking, hey, yeah, talk about Alaska. We want to hear it. So we're going to do that, and we're going to—I'm going to start that thing up again, and and see if we can't get a quarterly. Uh, we'll come up with a name for it or something. Where 
where it's hey if you want to travel outside because there's plenty there's a lot to do in south carolina trust me you you could do something every weekend and never run out of something to do but if you want to get away west if you want to go florida fishing and you want to go hunt somewhere hike and camp and bike and rv or whatever then we can uh, we can try to work some of that in the show. So uh, this is the first one, and and well, you really can't go much further in the United States than from Greer to Anchorage, Alaska. Yep. Somewhere around it depends on what you want to do. If you want to call it statute miles, it's like seventy five hundred statute miles. It's like sixty five hundred nautical miles. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know on the airline side what they count it is, but you travel a long way in the air. <laughs> And then we drove about 1,300, a little over 1,300 miles while we were there. Oh. And, Good yeah. Grace. It passed really, really fast. It really, really, really did. <laughs> but we were we were so busy. And this, okay, and to start all this off, this is why we like RVing, especially in Alaska. Now, you know, around the continent of the United States, I'm not so sure. I mean, I guess you could. Only The only thing I've found about RVs in the lower 48s, everyone charges you a mileage fee. Whereas when we go to Alaska, the first time I went to ABC Motorhomes and their unlimited mileage, when we went to Great Alaska in the holidays this time around, they had you could pick from a, a set mileage allowance or you could do unlimited miles. We chose the unlimited. And I think the, the, the standard charge is 1,200 miles. They figure out 1,200 miles at 20 cents and that's what they tack onto your bill. And I did unlimited for about the same and and last time i think i drove 1500 miles so we didn't go to homer this year no we did not we did not go to homer but, but i was fine with that <laughs> yeah i mean homer's another 500 miles it's 250 miles south of of cooper landing and you know other than being a big sandbar out in the middle of the bay it's, it's <laughs> you know it's it's cool i've been there once it didn't just nothing took me back mm-hmm didn't miss fishing the Anchor River and looking out across the bay at Mount Iliama on the other side of the bay. So, and resurrect, don't get me wrong, resurrect, the bay down at, at, uh, Homer is just incredible. And you know, the, the, uh, if you watch the, what's the Kilcher show where oh. the family is homesteading in Alaska? Yeah. That takes place at the head of the bay up from Homer. I forget the name of the show. I can't remember the show, but it's a pretty <laughs> cool show. By the way, Jewel is their daughter. The singer Jewel is that family's daughter, which is really cool. So, um, okay, your first time flying. Yeah. Then what a way to start off flying. <laughs> All day spent either in an airport or in an airplane. That was interesting. It was. You got a little, you got a little queasy there. Yeah. I think that's just because you ate so fast in Atlanta. Yeah. Well, that was going home. No, it was going. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah we yeah, ate yeah, breakfast at Chick fil A. <laughs> Let me tell you what, the Chick-fil-A in Atlanta Airport, that's a wow. that's a smoking bunch of people. They know how to serve people down there. Yep. We got every other place has got like ten or fifteen people. You get to Chick-fil-A, there's like fifty people in line. In fact, that's how we're gonna pay for our next trip to Alaska. We're gonna bring a whole bunch of Chick-fil-A. We're gonna get a seventy two quart cooler, yep. stock it with Chick-fil-A <laughs> and sell it on the corner in Anchorage, Alaska. Because <laughs> they don't have Chick-fil-A in Alaska. They don't have Chick-fil-A. And it was weird. Because every time I was like, oh, I, I want Chick Fil A sandwich. So we were looking and we we're like, "Wait a minute." There's no Chick Fil A's up there. I could have told we, you that. We we don't we don't have Chick Fil A. So we had to settle for McDonald's. Yeah, we ate Mickey D's. So, oh. so I had Chick Fil A today, which was amazing. Oh yeah, 
It's it's a it's a good one. But so we played we played the uh, and when you go to Alaska, you play the the weather game because it it in fact it really hurt the fishing because mm-hmm. everything was elevated. All the water levels were up. The rivers were up. Kind of hurt the fishing. We did catch <laughs> that sockeye salmon. Just wore you out, didn't he? <laughs> Taylor got a hold of a live one. I don't know, ten, twelve pounds. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> on a fly rod on my eight weight. That was fun to watch. Oh, <laughs> and, then, and then the pictures. Boy, he was just he. He did not like me very. He much. did not like being held out of the water. <laughs> All I was thinking was, do not break this rod. If and, you break this rod, Dad will leave you here. Yeah. Which, I, you know, I was fine with, but... I know you were fine still. with that. <laughs> I just didn't want to break my Winston rod. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and the fish slime on your jacket still smells. We have to clean that up today. Yeah, but it was all worth it. Oh, oh it was absolutely goodness, it was worth, worth it. it. Got to see your bear on the Russian River. Smoky. <laughs> this cute guy. He was, wasn't he? He was. He was. He was. All he was interested in were the dead salmon. He paid us no mind. He walked into a bunch of what five or six guys fishing. And they, and they just stepped out of his way. And they, he, just, they just walked right on by him. That's, he's that's on down the bank. The bears and the rivers. That's what they do because they're they're just focused on the salmon. So when you see a picture of a bear on a river in Alaska and there's people around, I mean it's 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 a it's a potential conflict, but you just move out of their way, let them have the river, and they just go about their business. So it's really no big deal. I mean, it, it sounds kind of funny to say that. Mm-hmm. But a bear encounter in Alaska on a river is you just give them space. It's their, it's their land. It's their so. home. Yeah. <laughs> then there was the ill-fated hike to the Russian River Falls. <laughs> Seven miles. In waders. In waders and wading, wading boots, boots. Carrying, carrying fly rods. rods and backpacks. <laughs> and uh, we get there. And the fish platform, the, the falls are cool because the fish are trying to run up the falls. Mm-hmm. So it was cool watching that. And it, you can only, you can fish 600 yards below the falls. And the trail went off around the side of the mountain and just the bottom fell out. I mean, it's, it was a, you had to have gotten down on all fours and, and crawled up and down that mountain. When, when we say straight down, we mean straight down. <laughs> well, close enough to straight down that we didn't want to try it. So we turned around and walked back. We decided not to go to the hospital. Yeah. And like, you know, not to just try the hospital in Alaska. When I go to, when we go to Colorado Elk Hunting, you pay a 50% search and rescue fee with every license. I didn't pay that in Alaska, so I wasn't <laughs> quite sure they'd come and get me. So I didn't want to chance it. But, uh. And that, then, then, then we thought there was another way yeah, to get to the river. Yeah. It, and it um, led to a, well, there was another way to get to the river. We found that out later. But, but it, it led to a containment area where it shows the difference between where the moose can browse and where the moose don't browse. And then there was a little bear trail going off to the right-hand side. We didn't think we wanted to try that. No. It's no. Like we, didn't want to, we didn't try the bear trail cutting across the power line either. <laughs> I got halfway and decided, nah, no. <laughs> better not. I said, okay, if this bear just made this trail, I don't want to run into him yeah. if he's up above us. That's right. And I really... I don't want to wake I wasn't him up. feeling it. Mm-mm. I don't want to go. So, okay, so... But we did some hikes, hmm? did some really nice hikes. Some hikes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did not do Angel Rocks and Fairbanks. That's one we wanted to do, but we didn't do it. Simply because we were worn out hiking around the rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so from Russian River, where we went first time, fished, bears, our, our doll sheep all over the mountains. Early and late, you could sit at any point and count 30 doll sheep. 
in, in, in a group, and then you'd have another group over here, yeah. and it was really, really, really cool. Red squirrels? Gotta love cute little red My squirrels. Little buddies. They're, little they're buddies. not skittish at all. Well, they're used to people up there, especially in the campgrounds. Yeah, I had, where was I going? I was walking back to the RV, and <laughs> there was a red squirrel in the tree beside me. Like, I'm talking right beside me. And I kind of looked at him, and I was like, okay, you can go across or whatever. He just looked at me. Yeah. And then I kept moving, and he followed me. He followed me all the way to the RV until I turned around, and he shot back up the tree. <laughs> we saw a bunch of grouse. Oh, yeah, the grouse were insane. In fact, there. we almost we got charged by grouse. Was there was a hen that's flown off the trail, and this grouse is fully ruffled up, got his the red patches on his cheeks up, and he's stalking down the trail coming at us. We got charged by a grouse. He was booking it. He was going. <laughs> he was eager to find this lovely lady. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, grouse. Okay, that was the Russian River. Went to Montana Creek. Water was up. Caught You caught your pink. You I caught did. your big pink I salmon did. up there. Big hump, big old humpback thing. I mean. Ugly. Well, they're all ugly, but they get teeth and snouts and oh. all of there. Uh, the rain, fun to catch, though. The rainbow trout have eluded me on Montana Creek once again. <laughs> Did not catch any rainbow trout. <laughs> then we went to Denali. Just an incredible, incredible day in Denali. Oh, yes. You, you, I still can't wrap my head around how beautiful it was. How big it is. You cannot bring back how huge Alaska is in a picture. It just doesn't translate at all. Mm-hmm. So the pictures I'm going to put up on the website and the Facebook page, I mean, they're pretty. But you got to go see it for yourself to you actually. To. You, you can't bring it back. Yeah. You can't bring back the temperatures. The, the As much uh, as I wish I could. Oh, yeah. This is going to be tough this <sighs> week because it's 90. We saw like 68 was the high in Fairbanks. That was the hottest temperature we had. Most so of the time nice. of the night, it was in the 40s. I had what? 36 I had, in Denali. I had three socks. Three socks on. Three pair of socks. And two blankets. And I still was cold. <laughs> And I had the windows open. Cool. (laughs) All right. Last segment coming up. Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. They are having an absolute slugfest up on the St. Lawrence River. The Bassmaster Elite Series is up there this weekend. (laughs) And uh, David Walker is in first place. He has caught 72 pounds of smallmouth in three days. Good. It's like 26, 27 pounds the first day, almost 23 pounds day two, and 23 pounds today. Uh, Justin Lucas is up there. See, Brandon Lester went in leading today, and he's like three pounds back, 69, almost 70 pounds. That's a, <clears throat> that's a let's see, where do our locals end up? Andy, Andy's fishing, so he's, it, Bass Track has him about 40th. Casey finished 83rd. Marty Robinson finished 89th. Uh, Angle of the Year race. Casey's in 15th, so he should make the classic. Andy, 22nd. Marty was 52nd, so I don't think he's going to make the, um, not going to make the classic in Knoxville. So good year for him, but not, not what he wanted. Okay. Back to Alaska real quick. Uh, Denali, we've covered that pretty much. Just an incredible experience. That mountain is just, it's, It'll take your breath away. It absolutely will take your breath yeah. away. And then all the wildlife. They say they say you see more wildlife on the cloudy days, but we saw a lot of it. And I think that's temperature wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, the high temperature that day was forty five. We when we got up to the where we could look over Denali, it was thirty something. Well, with it was the probably, wind blowing. Well, it was forty five with the wind blowing. It, it was, was forty five. Oh, yeah, 30. fifteen to twenty miles an hour. It was it was cold. 
It was chilly. <laughs> it was really, really, really cold. And that's why August. it's that's why it's really irritating come back home. And it's I know a cool eighty two out there, but you know, hey, <laughs> I'm used to the fifties. Uh, after Denali, we left and went up to Fairbanks. Stayed in a really nice RV park. Got some cool eagle pictures. That was. Watched him come down and grab a fish out of the river. <laughs> that was river. really, really, really cool. Uh, went out and stayed at Cheetah Lakes, Cheetah River Lakes Recreation Site a couple of days. Uh, fished the Cheetah River. <clears throat> caught some nice grayling. Those, those are fun to catch. Too. Those are fun fish to catch. They eat pretty much everything. The salmon are not eating. Now, a silver salmon, and we did not see a silver in the river. Uh, a couple of people found them. I know the, they said the Kenai River was on fire, but uh, down lower down towards the ocean, but the, the silver run just hadn't hit the uh, the Susitna Valley very well yet. But uh, now silver will eat. He, he's hung. He's, he is, he's a fighter. He wants, he's angry coming back in. So, but the, the sockeye on normally you foul hook him. I mean, we caught, we caught a fair number of what we caught were in the mouth. Yeah. Which was nice because what happens is, is they'll feel a lure and they'll, it'll rub up against them and they'll, they'll, uh, blow out so to speak and you feel them blow out and you set the hook and you're in their dorsal fin or you know halfway down the back or something and, and, and you're not snagging on purpose it's just what happens this time of the year so but it was nice to get up and watch fish those grayling take a top oh, yeah. water fly and oh yes and spinner a little spinner met spinner bait uh it was really neat and the, the, there again just the surroundings of the china river you got moose tracks here in the deep mud. Uh, 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 <laughs> and, you, and you go back just a little bit, and the willows are just shredded up to about six feet where the moose are just eating all the limbs off of them and the leaves. Uh, they obviously don't have a bear problem up in Fairbanks. A lot of dead salmon on there. A few dead salmon around. If there are many bears around, bank, those, wouldn't have, yeah. those wouldn't be there. And I wish they wouldn't have been there. They smell to high heaven. Yep, but that's... Mm, that's the circle of life for a salmon. I know. <laughs> just beautiful, just beautiful surroundings. Just incredible mm-hmm. scenery. Uh, went from the Chena River down to Delta Junction. Uh, another pretty drive. Oh, we got, we got, uh, it must have been some kind of joint Air Force, Navy, Marine because, uh oh, Saturday, Sunday. It must have been Monday morning. We were. We were fishing the Chena River. Yeah. And we were near Isleson Air Force Base and we, we saw F 22 Raptors. Over in at uh, Elmendorf. And we had F-16s coming? F-16s, F-15s, and F-18s were all out of aisles. And they, they sorted off a bunch of tankers first thing in the morning. And then the fighters started coming off. And some were turning west. Some were coming north. Some were going east. And so some was, were in pairs of three. Well, those, that's not pairs. Well, well not pairs, pairs sorry. Not pairs. Groups of Groups three. of three. Yeah. And, we I had mean, some no, singles coming yeah. off. Normally you had what two and Normally four. Normally you had two pairs of two sorting out, but then you'd have a single here and you'd have a three ship group mm-hmm. here, and a, so obviously some kind of maneuvers because they were going on Monday afternoon. We came back in from fishing; they were still coming in. That was like six thirty, and, and that distracted us from the bad fishing. The, well, the fishing wasn't bad. We spent the well, Alaska <laughs> Department of Game and Fish stocked some lakes up the Chena River. There are four of them. And they're stocking with, you know, eight, nine-inch grayling and some rainbow trout. So we pulled in the first one, and we just started catching these little fish, and it was fun. And it was warm, and we ate lunch out there. And, and so that's where we spent most of the day. <laughs> we didn't even really try. We stopped at a bunch of river access points to see the river. But with the water being up, 
the, the grayling reel like pools. And there were no pools. It was all swift water. So it took us a while to really find the grayling. We didn't find them until lunchtime on Tuesday, really. Hmm. Yep. But when we found them, they were there. It was one after the other. Doom, 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 doom. It was really fun. It was fun. <laughs> so left there, drove down to Delta Junction, Delta Clearwater. And, and talking about clear water. It was clear water. <laughs> it was clear water. I mean, with fluorocarbon leader on, those fish were not rising. For it. Of course, it's hard to feed a grayling a sulfur or a atoms or something when there's this huge mayfly hatch going on and mayflies are coming down the river and they're just, I mean, there's five or six grayling within a 20 yard stretch on the river that are just constantly coming up and slurping mayflies off the top. And I'm sitting here throwing a, a, uh, an atoms in there. They just, it just doesn't fool them. I did have four takes. In fact, the first two that took them, I was so surprised. I just, he's coming up, he's coming up, he's coming up. <laughs> And he's sucking off, and I'm like, look at that. He's got it. <laughs> and I wouldn't set the hook, and it'd pull off. So I lost four fish. And then we're not talking 12, 13-inch like we were catching on the Chena River. We're talking 15, 16, 17-inch grayling. These were big boys. And so I lost four, and I just resorted to sitting. I sat there for, what, two, three hours? Just sitting on the side of the river until it started raining too hard. I was in the RV this entire time. You were doing schoolwork. Yeah, I was <laughs> catching up on school. Gosh, I missed the first week of school, huh? Yeah, but, beauty of homeschooling. Yeah, but I had decided to go out on a walk, and I walked down to where Dad was, and I hear, Dad, gum it! <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with you? He goes, these dang fish are not taking it. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. He go- I was like, why don't you take a break? He goes, nope, nope, I will catch one of these things. I said, you are not. Not going to make you take a break. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I threw everything I had at him. I just, just not. I just didn't have, sorry, just didn't have uh, <laughs> the right fly. It was a funny thing to watch. <laughs> it was very frustrating for a fly fisherman. So it really started making me doubt my credentials uh, <laughs> until some other guys showed up and said, that's ah, no better. But I, evidently there's a there's a place on the, on the Delta Clearwater there that you can go in there. You get in the current more, you, it's a mud bottom. It's like worse than Charleston mud almost. It's a gray, silty mud, and it'll suck your boots right off. So you have to be careful. But it, it was it was great. I, I loved it until it started raining too hard and it ran me in. Poured. It poured, poured all night long. I mean, goodness gracious. All night long it poured. Got the next morning, kind of cleared off. We made it from there. We were going to the Matanuska Glacier. It's one of the inland glaciers you can get out and walk on. Did that with Jordan in 2011, but it, I mean, we were coming across Eureka Roadhouse. We stopped and got a burger. Uh, which was out in the middle of nowhere. We thought we didn't have anywhere to stop to well, eat. Well, I knew it was but, up there. Well, I didn't. I was scared to death. The cool I thing about Eureka Roadhouse is a gas station, motel, uh, general store and a, and a diner. And across the road from it is, you couldn't even call it a gravel airstrip. It's like, it's like the emergency lane on the road where people land. Yeah. The last time I was there, there was a Super Cub sitting there and two guys with a five-gallon gas can going across to get gas, put more in their Super Cub because they were going moose hunting. <laughs> and that's just Alaska. There are more, more airplanes and cars out there, people. So we stopped there. Beautiful view out across. But as mm-hmm. soon as we left Eureka Roadhouse, the low clouds rain came in. It was, uh, just, it was just bad weather to be out It was the miserable. So we, we, we took some pictures of the glacier. Came on out to Big Bear RV Park out in uh, Wasilla. Spent the last night, had a big fire. But, yeah, the, the couple things I take away from this is is insanity. 
you know, of watching those grayling and trying to feed them something they weren't going to eat for four hours or whatever. I dropped two steaks in the fire, grilling oh, steaks fun. two different nights, and I dropped two steaks in the fire. And and I want I'm very curious to see what got the steak out of the fire pit that one night. Yeah, because I got up next morning, the steak was not there. I don't want to know what they came and got the steak out of the fire. That was up on the Chena River. Uh, and then I broke a fly reel. The very first fly reel I had was a six-weight St. Croix, and the foot on it broke front and back. That was when I had one of the salmon on. Yeah, the scout of salmon on, the reel foot broke. So and I we, felt pop. I was like, oh, him no, in. I just broke the rod. <laughs> so that's uh, that's Alaska. We're going to have a lot more on it on the website and the Facebook page and all, but it's it's doable, people. It's really doable. If you got questions about it, feel free to text me, call me, email me. Uh, you can find all that information on uh, on the Facebook page of the website. Uh, the big thing on the calendar event, September 1st, Labor Day weekend, is always the opening day of dove season. That is when the South Carolina Wildlife Calendar starts on September 1st. So if you don't have anything to do next Saturday, find you at Dove Field. Go burn some powder, support the American economy, shooting sports economy. Um, but, yeah, great trip. Thanks for going. Yeah, as long as you're paying, I'll go. Uh, it hasn't. Does that not just sound like every woman out there? <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're paying, I'll go wherever you want to go. But, yeah, next weekend, Labor Day weekend, I don't care if you go dove hunt, you go paddle a river somewhere, hike a trail. Make some plans and get out there. Start to fall off right. September, October, November, three of the best months to be in South Carolina. There's just tons of stuff to do, and and, and I hope you get out there and do it. But uh, Alaska is really doable. It, it, you budget for it. I know people who spend more money going to uh, Disney for a week than it costs to go to Alaska. And you just have to put some work into it. Two books you need if you think about going to Alaska, The Milepost and The Highway Angler. Two books. Uh, Gene Hill, one of my favorite authors, writes some of the, has some of the best books out there. A lot of them make you tear up, a lot of them make you laugh. Has, has some sayings, and I've, I've read a couple of these, but, uh, soak it up. Go into it softly and thoughtfully with love and understanding. For another year must pass before you can come this way again. Pretty good saying. Closing words? Well, just if you get the chance to go to Alaska, do it, enjoy it, take lots of pictures. No, it won't describe it in the way you can when you see it, but just go out there and enjoy it. Soak it all in. All right, people. Make time to get out there. Take the back rows when you can. Don't forget the camera and the binoculars. Back <laughs> next week with more Woods and Water, South Carolina. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.